Um, so we're finishing our series on what does the Bible say about women today? And really, over the last few years, my position has changed on this, as I've talked about in this series. And some of the most compassionate, convicting, and compelling messages I've heard in the last few years have come from women. And so I wanted to end our series by having some women speak. And thankfully, we have some incredible women in this church. And I was able to convince two out of that incredible group of women to come and speak this morning. So I'm just going to pray for Marissa and Darby as they come and speak. So join me in praying for them. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you choose to use human beings to do your work, to reveal your love. And God, I'm grateful that your Holy Spirit speaks through men and women. I'm thankful for how my life has been changed and formed by women who have mentored me and taught me and who have spoken messages that have transformed my life or changed the trajectory of where I'm headed. And God, I pray tomorrow, today for Marissa and Darby that your Holy Spirit will speak through them that you will speak into our hearts, that we will uh, shut down any barriers or blockages we put up to resist hearing from you. And instead, we'll just be open to hear what you have to say to us through them. I pray that you'll take away any nerves that they have, any fears, any anxieties, that your Holy Spirit will fill them and speak through them with power. And I pray all these things like I believe Jesus the Christ would. Amen. All right, Darbs. Yeah, I made the mistake of joking with Alex that I'm like, oh, you're doing about a series about what the Bible says about women, and you're not even letting women talk, and he was like, all right, bet. Uh, so now we're here, and... Now we're up here together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. Um, for you, too. And so... You know, he gave us the verse, he gave us the rundown of how he prepares a sermon, and I'm like, you're too smart for me. Um, Marissa is a genius, but so we have gotten together and talked about the verses that he's given us, and we are grateful for the opportunity, um, even if we don't like speaking in public. Um, so we are here. I'm shy, I don't know about you. I'm not shy at all, but when it comes to like being serious, then I'm like, don't look at me. I, I don't like to be serious. Uh, but in Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And I know for both of us, we grew up in evangelical churches, and just we saw roles that were allowed for women very boxed off. Oh, you're a woman. Okay, great. So you're going to work with the kids or you're going to do music, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, people have other talents. And that's like if there was a woman who could serve in the pastor, in the capacity of pastor, it was the children's pastor. It was, okay, well, we're going to call you the children's coordinator. coordinator. You know, like we can't give you the term pastor. Or even if they had the education and right. went to college for it, yeah. Right, even if they've like gone through, they have the degrees and everything. And so I know growing up, I do not want to be a pastor. I don't want to be in Neither front, I. but I know there's people who are talented and have that calling on their life. Um, and not every church is that way, but I know the churches that I grew up in, it was very, 
very strict in what women could do and how they could serve. And I went to a Bible college in South America and they had a class on women, biblical womanhood. And it was literally teaching us how to properly clean the house and clean bathrooms. And I'm like, um, I got an issue with this. <laughs> like, I don't mind doing that, but like that, that's not what it's all about. I think we've missed the mark here. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, I know you know, about it's stuff. really interesting because um, my husband, Al, um, who's not here this morning, um, we, he served um, as a pastor in the ministry for 15 years um, as well. So I, I've seen it all. Um, interestingly enough, like while I was in college, um, I w- was a youth pastor. I did not go to school to be a youth pastor. <laughs> My um, degree is in education, but I somehow got connected with this church um, in a little rural town um, in Pennsylvania, and they were looking for a youth pastor, and um, at the time I was helping out another youth pastor, he quit, and they gave their own to me. They did call me pastor. That was probably my only experience, actually, with having that role, and I absolutely loved it and loved um, just pouring into the lives of the kids and the youth group and growing along with them. But I think my experience in the ministry was very much so same as yours. Um, in fact, when Al and I, when we were going through our marital counseling, the one thing they said to me is like, you know, you're, you're here to support your husband and stand behind him. Tim, great, I'm absolutely going to support him. But the one thing that they said, which was really interesting, is that um, you can make or break your husband's ministry. It like the, basically it hinges all on me. <laughs> You know, I was never in the forefront of anything, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy to be in the background, but it, it, all, it all hinged on, on me and what I did. So I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Um, I was not told that it all hinged on me. I was told that I should be seen and not heard. Yeah. And if you know me, even if I say hello, you're going to hear me in the next state because I'm loud. Uh, and so that was really difficult for me. Um, Alex was an associate pastor, uh, which I, that's fine, but as soon as you tell me I have to do something, I'm like, uh, no, that's not going to happen. And so, you know, some of that is my own stubbornness that I have to come up against, but like, that's not, uh, that's not what it's all about, trying to put women in a box, to make them, push them to the side, to make them seen and not heard. And yes, I want to support Alex and the calling that God has called him to, which means as a married couple, we're both called to that. Um, But just a lot of ridiculous outlandish expectations on women in the church. Um, Going on from this, you know, some people argue that the desire to see women as equal to men is more influenced by cultural feminism than it is biblical truth. Like, I know you talk more about this. Like, how would you answer that critique? I think really at the core of everything, I don't, I don't believe that it's um, that cultural feminism really is influenced by it. I think at the core of it, God designs females and males with equal dignity. Um, Genesis one twenty six says, "Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion." Um, and then it goes on, Genesis 5, 1 through 2 says, you and I have dignity because we bear God's image as humans. Male and female equally reflect God as unique persons. Neither is superior. When we treat others with dignity, we value God's image in them. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's what I believe personally. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely, because I feel like 
we were talking the other day when we were like planning this and I'm like, we, I feel like all of us in our core long for Eden and like what that truly was supposed to be. Uh, you know, I know some people don't even believe that there was a true Eden and you know, it was a story, an allegory, whatever you believe, like there's this longing in our hearts for like this beautiful community of sharing and giving with one another yeah. and just like encouraging each other to do good and to walk in the love of Jesus. And I think, you know, we get, we mistreat other people because of our own insecurities or jealousies or ego. And that has, the one place it shouldn't play out is the church, but it has, right. you know, I think it's like magnified almost in the church because there's verses that can support certain people's viewpoints of, well, you're supposed to submit to me. You know, I know Alex talked about what that verse actually means last week. Um, and so, like, it's easy to lord over the women in your life. Uh, but really, I think it's we're all equal in the eyes of Jesus. Yeah, because God assigns important work to all humans, yeah. not just men, not just um, women. It's like we're really called to contribute our unique strengths to benefit right. um, one another in this world. Um, we are all sinful, but um, at the core of everything, we're called to fight injustices. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, um, you know, there's injustice in the world that's human trafficking, there's slavery, there's yeah. racism, there's so many things that we should be working towards something, fighting the evils in this yep. world, and a lot of times we're found fighting each other right. over little squabbles, little things that uh, don't really matter. You know, there's people who are like, well, I can't come to your church because you believe this or you don't believe this or, you know, and it just gets caught up in the tiny intricacies of like personal beliefs or like church cultural beliefs. And it's really, we should all be working together for one cause, to fight injustices and love those who need us I most. think, too, like you hear the word feminism, and it means so many different things anymore. Right. You know, and you have one person that calls himself a feminist fighting another feminist because they don't have the same beliefs. But, I mean, okay, it's a, it's a trigger word these days, but at the core, like, God wants women to be empowered, and he right. empowers us to do his work. Yeah, I know Alex is over this series. He's spoken about, you know, Paul and others. Uh, I obviously don't know all the history and all the background and have the entire Bible memorized like Alex does. But <laughs> he, he studies hard and he's really smart. Um, but, you know, in Scripture, it encourages women to be pastors, to open their home, to have church plants in their home, to be leaders in the yeah. community. Um, and I found, too, like over my life, they're like, well, this was a separate instance. This isn't how it should actually be in the church now. Like, that was a one-off back then, so don't get used to that. You know, and that's how it should be. And it should be, uh, you know, if you're called to do a ministry, if you're called to do something, they should empower you to do it. It doesn't matter if you're a woman, a man, a child. You know, give them the training that they need if they if they're not quite there yet, you know, like help them come around, build them up. Um, and we can just link arms and become like a strong chain and a strong like force for the world instead of just squabbling with each other. And I know for me, like growing up in the Christian bubble, 
of the South, it's like, I didn't even know like so many things were going on in the world until you get older and you're like, oh, okay, well, what does my belief and what does my faith in Jesus say about this issue or that issue? And it's very, what I grew up with was just soft and like mm. cliche answers or, oh, you don't need to worry about that. When you get married, your husband will deal with that. Right. And like, like okay, uh, like <laughs> that doesn't help my questioning now, you know? Right. And I think a lot of it is the lack of empowerment to women because they don't, I don't know if it's a fear-based thing or, you know, ego or what it comes from. Um, and I'm grateful that Alex does give us the opportunity to speak. And, right. you know, he's been telling me I should preach for years. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not my calling. I'm called to other things. But well, there is a history of a mistreatment of women right. in modern day church culture that you see. I mean, if you know anything about like um, Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll's right. church and even um, the Hillsong, the most recent documentary that came out and how like women were just mistreated and that men in power um, pastor these positions were, right. you know, doing very inappropriate things with them. And it's just kind of all brushed under the rug because it's women are looked at as the lesser. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, well, for the sake of the gospel, you need to keep quiet because this if this comes out about this man in power, you know, the the church could crumble. And right. probably if the that man is in power, that church should crumble or some of it should be taken away, you know. Um, and so I just, I don't know. I think that we're all one in Jesus, as this verse says, you know, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you go back just a few verses in Galatians 2.20, it says, you have been crucified with Christ and he now lives in you. We have been united in Christ. We have been baptized into Christ. We have been made a part of him. Or to say in another way, we have put on Christ. He became what we are so that we can become what he is. He became our sin so that we might receive his righteousness. He became our curse so that we might enjoy his blessing. So this applies to every single person in the world who has faith in Jesus. Right. And it means like there's not a distinction between persons, races, colors, nationality, or anything. We are all one in Christ and we can all serve him and love him. And our jobs is to love one another as ourselves right. and to put Jesus first and to serve him and to live in love like right. Jesus. Um, and so no matter if you're male, female, Jew, or Gentile, you know, slave or free, that's our calling, is, yeah. is to make Jesus first. So why do you think um, the church has been so slow to see men and women um, as equals? I think it's a slow progression. Uh, you know, they use some of these verses to eventually get rid of slavery in the church and they saw Jews and Gentiles as equals and I think, I hope at some point they're gonna see men and women as equals and some churches are already doing that and right. around the world people are doing that. I don't know. I know um, the denomination that I grew up with, um, right. they're ordaining women. Right, so we are, our denomination that we came out of is not, they're actually doing the opposite. Um, if they are ordaining women, they kick you out of the uh, denomination. And so 
uh, it's somewhat frustrating to see because I feel like we're on this growth and then I think a lot of ego and sin is involved. Like there's, people think, oh, sin are these big things. A lot of it is like hidden things, you know, ego and things definitely play a role in that. Um, and, you know, from the power stance, there's the struggle there. And so I feel like you think it it's the next logical be, progression. It should be. Will it get there? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it would be beautiful to, you know, in in churches around the world that I've either have friends in or just from my travels or like spending time in other countries. It's beautiful to see when and how Alex was saying, you know, like there's some women that I know personally in my life who have poured into me and right. mentored me over my life. Um, my one friend, Jackie, she actually just passed away recently, but she was a powerful force for the sake of the gospel, for building up women. And she just had this natural ability, no matter where she was, to bring people in and yeah. to make them feel comfortable, no matter what they were going through, to encourage them. And for her to be able to be put in a position of power, I think would have been a phenomenal thing. Mm. And she did... Um, she was in an organization that allowed her to speak to other women only. She wasn't allowed to grow that, expand that, even though in her daily life, you know, it was no matter who she met, she just had this natural spiritual ability to see hurting people and to bring yeah. them in. And it was beautiful. Um, and I just think so many lives were changed by her, and I know a lot of that came up because she just passed away and everybody has been, like, talking about her. But I'm like, how beautiful would that have been if she yeah. could have been, like, in a position of power in ministry over men and women and just right. the healing that would have come from her through Jesus. Um, mm. And so I'd like to see more of that. I hope that's a natural progression. Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about how the spirit of Jesus can restore broken, divided humans to wholeness and unity. And in John 17, to 23, it says, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. In the words of Henry Nguyen, Jesus brings divided humanity to a new unity. The world pays attention when we treat each other, each other in ways we want to be treated, Matthew 7, 12. So yeah, I think that there is hope today yeah. for redeeming communities from age-old conflicts. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, so thank you for giving us the space to speak today, and uh, we'll just close out in prayer. God, we are so thankful that you have created us to be a powerful force in your world, and that you have given us the Holy Spirit and sign up inside of us that we can have uh, talents and that serve you and just focus on you and bring others into your family God we just ask that you will empower us break down the barriers that are in the world the strongholds that the enemy and others are using to fight against your kingdom God we just ask that you will give us eyes to see what we should be doing, how we should be serving.